Hello, and welcome to the Musical Minds Podcast, where it is our job to flesh out the mindset and ways to cope with the struggles that ensue in becoming a high-performing musician. Hosted by Eric Reinhardt and Jake Pietroniero. Now let's get on to the show. All right, so we're live with the Musical Minds podcast, and I have here with me James Newcomb of the Musicpreneur podcast. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Eric. Good to be here. So uh, why don't we start off with just um, what you're most excited about, um, maybe in your business or um, with with relation to music? Man, what I'm excited about is just the opportunity to have a platform where people can share their stories, their victories, their struggles, and share it with other people. Uh, like just this mm. morning, I'm a, I'm a member of a, a Facebook group of bloggers and someone that I've never met and I've never had any interaction with posted a, a comment on this group and said, I'm really inspired by the Musicpreneur podcast. I was like, man, you can't, mm. you can't buy that type of that type of whatever you want to call it, love or whatever. It's just mm -hmm. like, it's like this podcast is like me being me. And mm -hmm. it's one thing to get praise for a job that you do that you don't really like and you don't really care one way or another whether or not you have <laughs> it. You could walk away from it tomorrow and never miss it. And that's, it's great to get praise in a job like that. But then when you get praise, when you're really expressing yourself and when, when you're doing what you know you were put on this earth to do, when people, like even if one person downloads your podcast, you're like, wow, mm -hmm. someone is really uh, getting the real me. And so that's what, that's what I'm most excited about right now. Mm, awesome. Yeah. Um... I've, I've experienced that with like just playing in public um, and something that I've been struggling with is kind of building the traction um, on the online format, whether it's mm -hmm. podcast or like YouTube channel. Um, is there any recommendation that you have um, for getting that traction and listenership and yeah. My, my son is um, right next door. He's having a temper tantrum right now. Okay. I don't, I don't, can you hear it? Because if you can't uh, hear it, we'll just proceed. I can't hear it. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Well, my trusty ATR2100 is picking up what it's supposed to pick up. Is that the Tim Ferriss uh, recommendation? Um, I think Tim recommends something else. I was reading Tools of Titans, and he recommends something else. But John Lee Dumas mm, recommends okay. it. And Kate Erickson uses it mm. on her podcasts. And I can't speak highly enough of it. I have a $400 microphone and then a... $60 ATR 2100. And this one mm -hmm. is like perfect. Yeah, actually really. Um, I, I was trying to just spam through all the podcasts yesterday. Um, cause I'm fairly new to mm -hmm. the musicpreneur. Um, and I noted like how, how nice the audio quality is. Yeah, man. Um, Thanks on your show. So, uh, props <laughs> to you. <laughs> um, so we were, we were talking about just getting traction. Uh -huh. Um, on your podcast and if you had any thoughts on that 
uh, just just focus on one niche. Mm-hmm. Uh, the riches are in the niches. So if you want to have a podcast and it's just like, we're going to talk about music. Well, it's like there's so many rabbit trails <laughs> that you could follow with a mm-hmm. podcast that talks about music. Like my first podcast was called Outside the Music Box. Yeah. And um, it was fun. I got to talk to a lot of cool people. But it was sort of like a hybrid of Entrepreneur on Fire, or at least my p- pitiful attempt to be Entrepreneur on Fire, <laughs> uh, meets like uh, Tim Ferriss, meets this and meets that, and talked on all range of subjects and genres. But when I first started to have real success was when I niched down and I focused on my mm-hmm. instrument, which is the trumpet. And right. uh, had a podcast called Trumpet Dynamics, which went for from January of 2016 until, well, it's about to go off the air in April. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, man, the, that's how you gain traction is you talk about one specific thing that you are an expert at, mm-hmm. you're, you are a subject matter expert, or um, you want to know more about it. And it's like, yeah, you go to iTunes and you type in trumpet and you see trumpet dynamics. Mm-hmm. So that's how you get noticed. And then really the, after that is just be consistent, put out consistently yeah. good content, stick with one format and just be predictable. That's really how you can do it. When, if you mm-hmm. say you're going to produce an episode every Monday, do it every Monday. Even if you don't have the, the content that you expected to have that Monday, do something. Be, mm-hmm. be consistent. Be predictable. That's how you gain traction. Nice. That's great advice. Um, you have your Tuesday regular thing. Yeah. What does that stand for? I forget. Tools, techniques, tactics, and occasional tough love. Okay. Perfect. Nice. And then you you also something that I wanted to like praise you for is just like your consistency of. Uh, regularly putting out something. I think every day you're daily vlogging or daily audio blogging. Is that right? Um, yeah, I send something to my email list six days a week. So mm, Sunday okay. to Friday, I send an email. So are you uh, um, are you generating new ideas every single day? Or are you kind mm-hmm. of batching that? Um, um, yeah, I write process? every single day. I write something new, and I okay. follow a theme. I've identified six core principles that that I think that musicpreneurs should follow. The first is to be a musician first, trust that the money will follow. The second is to be an entrepreneur. The third is to be innovative. Fourth is to be healthy. Fifth is to be um, knowledgeable about like ba- just basic principles of liberty, capitalism, um, stuff like that. And then the sixth is to be, just be yourself, individuality. So. Like that's the format that I use Sunday. I talk about music Monday. I talk about entrepreneurship, et cetera, et cetera. So that's sort of the template that I use for each day. Mm, That's really cool. And that kind of like helps you frame uh, your writing into Mm -hmm. a certain camp and, and keeps it fresh for yourself. um, I'd imagine. Yeah, man. Yeah. Nice. Um, The, the one that I in particular kind of keyed into was uh, health. (laughs) um for me for me that has been something that i've let go um because i i'm relatively new to making music my full-time 
um, like focus. Um, I graduated university like two years ago with a biochemistry degree and then started pursuing piano at that point, mm -hmm. even though I had musical training outside of that. And, um, and so like last year, as I was like leading up to a couple of recitals, um, I stopped my regular physical activity and I was like just a basket case. <laughs> I was, I was just like an anxiety mess and, um, and wasn't really getting very far as far as my efficient practice or whatever. And, um, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, that's the one that I particularly keyed into because I really need to kind of maintain that level of balance, even though I want to spend more time on practice. Yeah, I mean, it's it's easy to neglect, and it's easy to fall into disrepair. Like, if you allow your body and your mind to, like, like health is just like oiling your, keeping your oil fresh in your car. Mm -hmm. It's like eating right, getting enough rest, and nobody, not nobody, but it's very easy to forget that. And then all mm -hmm. of a sudden, you're burning out with the one thing that you were like two years ago, you were passionate about and now you're all burned out and trace it back. Well, you didn't get enough sleep or you drank too much coffee, had too much <laughs> beer, too many beers every night. It's just uh, easy to neglect, but it's, it's one of the most important things you can, you can do to make sure mm -hmm. that you stay on top of your game. Yeah. That kind of like, directly sums up what I did. Uh, I started drinking a lot of coffee and right. then, and then uh, felt like my day-to-day -day motivation was starting to dwindle. So that's kind of funny that you just like touched on this. Well, I uh, was just drinking, I was drinking too much coffee too. And I've, I just have to put a limit, like no coffee after 9am and like max three cups before 9am after that, no more coffee. Mm -hmm. It definitely, um, for me, kind of um limits my creativity in a sense of like the immediacy immediacy of fighting each fire kind of makes it hard to think in this like global scale if that makes sense yeah well i would drink coffee just because it was there like i'd have stuff left over in the french press and it'd be three o'clock mm -hmm. in the afternoon and it's like oh there's still a cup of coffee left i'm gonna drink it and then an hour later i'm like dude, what were you thinking? Mm. And I would keep doing it over and over and over. And it's, <laughs> I just, you just have to dump it out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Do you know if JLD is a coffee drinker? He is. Okay. He has great energy on his podcast. He does. Yeah. And that's, that's admirable and something that I need to work on, I think. Um, <laughs> but, um, well, you, you listen to episode one of John. <laughs> and um yeah he doesn't didn't quite bring it the way he does now <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah i'm i'd imagine that it gets <laughs> gets better with practice like everything yes, yes. Um, uh something that i wanted to touch on was like so in your podcast with him um he gave you the question of like if you had five hundred dollars and no mm -hmm. contacts or whatever and then you said that you'd buy a trumpet and open yeah. up your case and start collecting an email list. Yeah. And so, um, year is when I started to get more into busking. Um, and 
found it incredibly enjoyable for a couple of reasons, serving, serving people. And I live in a small town, so it's like people have never seen buskers before, or it's pretty rare. Oh, what's a busker? Uh, for, uh, just somebody who opens up their case oh, and okay. starts playing. Okay. Uh, so I, so I brought my piano out to like my local Whole Foods and I've like played outside a couple times and they've like invited me inside when they're like trying to promote sales and stuff. Nice. So cool. Man. Um, but I've never collected an, an email list and, um, um, would you, would you speak to, do you regularly play in public now? Like, or is that not something that you do much? Of? I'm looking to get more into the scene here. I'm, I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. And we've been here for seven months now and I've been so like hit nose to the grindstone with podcasting, podcasting, podcasting. I've had a few gigs, but I ha I really haven't played that much. So I'm, I'm looking to get, mm -hmm. looking to get more connected into the scene here in Raleigh, Durham. And, um, so I, I've played a couple of times with a symphony, the North Carolina symphony which is a fabulous ensemble. Man, I was in the army for 10 years and to go from the army and I'm not talking about the army band in Washington, DC. Those guys are pretty good, but I'm talking about like fresh out of high school talent that I'm playing alongside. Now I went into the North Carolina symphony. I was like, Whoa, man, this is the way, <laughs> this is the way real professionals sound. So yeah, not knocking awesome. the army nor any more than I have to, mm -hmm. but it was nice. But so I've done that a few times. Yeah. I'm playing at Duke Chapel for Easter. Mm -hmm. That's um, a solo concert. Is that right? No, it's just, uh, it's like a brass ensemble. It's for an Easter service. Oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> um, just cause I remember that you were talking about, um, how you, you reach out to like local churches. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I'm trying to get, um, yeah. Like again, I'm, I'm reaching out and trying to get into the scene. So I'm in the process of doing that right now. Yeah. Is there any particular um, dialogue that you use regularly with those with those people? Yeah, I just say, "Hey, I play trumpet. Do you want to have mm -hmm. a concert?" <laughs> <laughs> okay. and, that's, and that's, that's really—I mean, it's just like this podcast. You just keep it organic and just make it clear this is what I'm offering, and like I'm not going to charge you guys any money. But I, you know, if I can have you guys, if you have your members give a like a love offering or something help, mm -hmm. help with my expenses. I'm more concerned with exposure and with, yeah. uh, just building up uh, credibility and reputation than money mm -hmm. in those situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, like, um, something that I got burned on and let me know if this is any experience to what you have is, um, I found that like playing the restaurants, and I was doing a couple of retirement homes. It wasn't, it wasn't for the money. Um, and like, like even busking, I would make twice as much as, as I would make like in a restaurant. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, for some reason, um, I had this, I don't know if it's like a nasty habit of mine, but, um, just like, <laughs> like burning bridges with these venue owners because they want to do it their way or, um, I don't, uh, I don't know. And, and like, it's completely different than the busking experience where everyone is really grateful and don't have to deal with a lot of that negativity. Like, have you had any of that experience? 
I, I don't think so. Okay. But, but there is a difference between what you're talking about. Like if you get hired to play at, a, I don't know, where was it like a bar you were playing at or? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. You're just, you're just providing a different experience in, in each, uh, in each setting. So when you're busking, mm-hmm. you're on your own and you're doing what you want to do and that makes you happy. It makes other people happy. That's great. If you get hired by a restaurant to play, well, you're not there to play what you want to play. You're there so that you can provide an experience that the restaurant owner needs to keep his patrons happy, his or her patrons. So mm-hmm. you're not, it's like you're sort of, you're, you're like an entrepreneur, but you're, but you're not doing it for you. That's the difference between the two. It's like you are there to provide a specific service and that mm-hmm. service is to provide the atmosphere, the mood that that restaurant owner wants and needs to keep mm-hmm. their patrons happy. That's the, uh, would you say that's the like um, discrepancy between the entrepreneurship and the individuality? You're two and six, I think. Or, well, yeah, I mean, the way that I put it is you hear a lot of words thrown around with musicians these days about entrepreneurship, diversifying, creating multiple streams of streams of income. That's all really good mm-hmm. advice. You should, you should mm-hmm. absolutely do that. If you think that you're going to uh, like win a gig somewhere and then that's going to be your job for the next 40 years. Though, I mean, mm-hmm. those days are over. There was a time when that was the case. And in some cases, it's still possible, but there are so few opportunities like that. Like 50 years ago, just about every small town or every town over the size of 100,000 in the United States had a symphony orchestra, full-time symphony orchestra. And so mm-hmm. if you majored in trumpet performance at a reputable school and you did well and your teachers gave you good grades and we're willing to pass your name on you had a pretty good shot of winning a job and being employed with an orchestra for Mm -hmm. years and years and years and it was just a matter Mm -hmm. it was just a numbers game you do you do so many auditions and then you finally win one i mean those days those days are over like Mm -hmm. there are fewer and fewer orchestras that are full-time more and more are cutting down their services more and more are going part-time so yeah, you have to diversify, but what good is diversifying mm-hmm. if like you're just at, at the same pond that you always were with, with five fishing lines, trying to catch the same old fish as everyone else. That's mm-hmm. not entrepreneurship. An o- entrepreneur is someone who creates mm-hmm. something of value, mm-hmm. not necessarily, you don't, you don't want to be an employee five times over. So that's, uh, and every, everyone is going to define that differently. I'm not trying to give any clear cut. Mm-hmm. This is what an entrepreneur is and isn't. That's just mm-hmm. the way I see it. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. Um, so for you, that takes in the form of like developing your online presence. It sounds yeah, like, or, online presence, it seems like be an affiliate for stuff. Um, I'm, I'm working on a, a program right now called secrets of the musical mind that it's still in the very early phases. We had a course and my partner dropped out. He just got discouraged because 
the sales were lower than we thought. And mm-hmm. he just said, forget this. I don't want any, any part of this. And um, put me in a bad spot, put mm-hmm. sort of a little egg on my face. But you know what? Mm-hmm. Just, it's still a good concept. It's still a good idea. And so mm-hmm. sort of working on a, a membership type of scenario where people pay X amount of dollars a month and they get access to mm-hmm. articles, webinars on the topic of the psychology of being a musician. So it's mm-hmm. very, very early phases. So a lot of variables to play out, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's entrepreneurship is creating something that no one has asked you to create. Mm-hmm. I mean, people, there is a demand and you can sense that there's a demand. So in a way people are asking you to create it, but like you don't have a boss saying, Hey, James, go create this or go, Eric, go, mm-hmm. go create this course. You have to take mm-hmm. the initiative, be proactive on your own. Um, in order to find what people want, have you gotten into like keyword searches on Google um, to help name, name your stuff? Or is it just kind of like this uh, sensing your own pain points and developing something around that? Yeah. I mean, the way I'm, I'm no, I am not an expert on SEO. Not mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. So, um, I've, I've tinkered with that, but I'm by no means an expert, but who isn't concerned with stage fright? Mm-hmm. Who doesn't deal with mm-hmm. stage fright? Everyone mm-hmm. deals with stage fright. And so that is the lure that I use to get people interested in my, my program. So, mm-hmm. I mean, stage fright, yes, but the, the solution to stage fright is just being a complete person, integrating music with your entire personality. Once mm-hmm. you do that, and once you're making music that you know is a reflection of you, you're going to get nervous, but you're not going to be anxious about it. You're going to be anxious to share music. You're not going to be, uh, you're going to be anxious in a good way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I actually read that chapter um, from that was provided in your email link. Oh, cool. um, that, that's uh, free to everybody. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I just like went through it and there was a couple things that um, really resonated me with me. Um, it sounded similar to, um, I don't know if you've read the book, The Inner Game of Music. I've read The Inner Game of Tennis and I started to read The Inner Game of Music and found the one on tennis more interesting. Mm, okay, yeah, <laughs> but uh, his like talking about the mind's eye and getting tuned into the senses, those all mm-hmm. sound uh, very similar. Um, and, um, let me know if this resonates with you. It feels like I sort of developed a, like, sense of greater stage fright as I was going further down the rabbit hole of music, like, um, starting at beginner and then going to some level of intermediate play. Mm -hmm. And then in that intermediate, like... I knew nothing. <laughs> does that sound, or does that uh, does that make sense? Uh, yeah, sort of. I mean, it's sort of an incom- incomplete picture of the problem. So yeah. So you um, so you ha- you started out, and then you have these big visions of what you want to do, and then you you go out to do it, and you realize, wow, this is really this is a lot tougher than I thought. And then anxiety sets in. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, yeah, over the course of 
year, year and a half or so, um, I ended up getting more self-conscious about my playing the further I got into it. And the, mm. the, the more I like put it into a place of my identity, I guess. Mm. Um, because if I, if I'm not a great piano player, then yes, mm. because I said goodbye to, uh, or I, I pivoted away from something else that, that I was pretty good at, um, which was biochemistry and, mm -hmm. and then you know, like my main focus. And so then I like ended up turning that into my identity. And, um, so, yeah. Well, I mean, it just sounds like you just have to get comfortable, comfortable in your own skin as a performer. I mean, it sounds to me like it's, uh, we need more than a, simple podcast interview to really dive into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I think, um, I think I can understand where you're coming from. Okay. Um, so I was going to say, is, is there just one thing that you could help you get to this place of greater fulfillment or for you or just your own personal experience? Uh, if you, if you've had that problem or, state of wholeness somewhat fragmented maybe in your men mentality um man to tell you the truth I, I i don't totally understand the the problem that you're presenting so i i, I have to pass on giving an answer okay <laughs> that's fine um all right uh let me just go to my notes real quick because there's a couple things that i wanted to um, okay. But I wanted to highlight. No problem. Um, uh, oh, okay. So this one actually, I think you will find, uh, or it has been a pain point for me is um, providing structure to your day when um, your day is relatively open ended as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. how do you how do you tackle that problem how do i tackle it using the best thing that i have found is to use hal elrod's formula in the miracle morning and what he mm -hmm. uses is an acronym savers and that is spelled mm -hmm. out s is silence so 10 minutes of meditation a is affirmations affirm that mm -hmm. you are doing what you're supposed to be doing, that you are going to provide value to people, um, et cetera, et cetera. V is visualization. Visual, visualize what success looks like. E is exercise. That goes back into the health type of thing. R is reading. And S is scribing or writing down. So that's, in my life, I have a three-year-old. So talk about fragmented. It's very <laughs> difficult to, uh, like, I have little pockets of productivity that I'm able to uh, get stuff done when he's not interrupting me like 45 minutes here, 45 minutes there. And so mm -hmm. when I have those 45 minutes, man, I am focused and just getting stuff done. Uh, but mm -hmm. yeah, it, I mean, there are tools that you can do. I, personally recommend the Freedom Journal, John Lee Dumas's Freedom Journal. And I'm not saying that because mm -hmm. John is paying me. I'm saying it because I used it and it was effective. 
So mm-hmm. it's like thefreedomjournal.com. Uh, I'm not not a walking billboard for him. I just like like the like the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you just sometimes it's it's very difficult to stay on stay on track. But something like that, I would recommend just something that is you write down what you want to do, and then don't quit for that day until you're done with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> how do you um do you integrate like a dedicated time to practice as well um as part of your day still or are you at a phase in your life where in your musicianship that isn't as great of a priority it's becoming more of a priority because i'm looking to get more involved in the playing scene here. So mm-hmm. it practicing fell off, fell off my radar as far as priorities, but it's getting back on there. So, um, you know, obviously once I get a gig booked, that's going to be like, like when I get a, a full length solo concert booked, that's going to be some motivation. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have to, mm-hmm. you have to do this. And I think sometimes your priorities are dictated by what's on your schedule. So, if you don't have any, if you don't have any gigs booked, you're not going to probably not going to practice. I mean, maybe you are when, mm. you're, when you're 19, but <laughs> if you're 40 and you've got a wife and a son and trying to make ends meet, if you don't have gigs, you're not going to practice. And that's just the way it is. So, uh, you just mm-hmm. have to get stuff on your schedule and that's the motivation you need to get your face on the horn. Mm-hmm. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, signing up for either either a recital definitely yep. does that because yep. you have that looming over your head. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, um, have you heard of drum corps by chance? Oh yes. Okay. I was in the I was in the Madison Scouts in 1994. Oh, awesome. Um, I marched uh, mandarins and then blue devils. Um, from 11 to 14. Cool. Um, so that, <laughs> yeah. Props to the scouts. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> they put the on scouts, some good shit. The scouts, they're cool. I like them, but man, the nineties were like the prime of the Madison scouts. Those, those were some phenomenal. Oh my goodness. Drop jaw dropping Madison scouts of the nineties. You, you take mm-hmm. any show and they were just, they would just blow your, the skin off of your teeth. Mm-hmm. They yeah. were so good and they're good now, but they're, they're a little more tame than they were. But the nineties were God, golden age of drum corps. I think mm-hmm. <laughs> 1990s was the golden age of drum corps. Uh, yeah. There's some, there's some definitely some good shows. I think blue devils 92 is one of my favorites. Mm. Um, 94 uh, Man- Blue Devils had a good show in 94. Uh, they did Chick Corea's music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure if I've seen that show, but uh, the one, when a man loves a woman, I can't remember what year that, that is. But yeah, Madison did Cities of 